from One World Trade Center in Manhattan, overlooking dozens of golf courses that will never have us as members, this is the Golf Digest Podcast. Welcome to the Golf Digest Podcast. This is Sam Wyman. I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, Keely Levins. And this is a big show this week uh, for the Golf Digest Podcast because we're going to introduce a couple of new elements. First of all, I should mention that we have the two-time Masters champion, Bubba Watson, on with us today. He spoke with our Ashley Mayo in Los Angeles where he's defending the Genesis Open. So that's very exciting. And the other big thing we have is we introduced this idea a couple weeks ago of having people call in to ask us questions because... We are slightly more, presumably slightly more qualified to answer questions about golf than perhaps their roommate or their cat. So um, I would encourage people to call in as well with, with their questions, and we'll play their messages on the show. These are not live, but then we can respond to them. We can have a little conversation and, uh, and go from there. The number to call in, just so you know, is 212 that is not a toll-free. Are there toll-free calls anywhere? Is that still a thing? I don't even know. That can't exist. Yeah, it? it used to be a thing, when I was, but I don't think like, everything's so cheap now. So I don't know that. if it's toll-free, if it is or not, but I think it's – so you you have to call. Um, and then, like I said, we'll play the, the message, and then we'll respond, and everyone wins, presumably. Maybe not. Um, so anyway, we have a few calls for our first uh, show, so we're going to play those now. Let's go to the first one. Hi, my name is Nate Carr from Alaska, first-time podcast voicemail lever, long-time Golf Digest subscriber. A lot of people on Golf Twitter have been taking exception with all the television coverage, mainly because of the fact that the ratio of golf shot to advertisement is way off. What do you guys think constitutes a good golf broadcast? I'll tune in to find out. Thank you. Bye. First of all, can we stop and talk about the fact that our first caller is from alaska i know like when when he called in and i listened to it i was like no way no one's gonna believe that we i love it (laughs) yeah and he sounds so nice i know well like really great manners you have to have a positive attitude if you're studying winter in alaska (laughs) that's true that's a generalization (laughs) but okay so as for his question about tv broadcasts and the ratio of commercials first of all we should say that we are in golf media so uh far be it from us to be knocking advertisers because advertisers pay the bills however we are also consumers of golf TV as well, and we get annoyed by it as well. Um, you know, the thing that bothers me the most with a glut of commercials is when in between there are a few golf shots. Put, 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 it, put it to another way, I am much more willing to overlook the run of advertisements if I'm actually watching golf, a fair amount of golf shots in between. Yeah, if, I think that's fair. Um I mean, golf golf broadcasts, you know, they take a long time. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind commercials because right. I've got other things going on, right. you know. Yeah, sure. You gotta <laughs> it's go to the not, bathroom. We got to get yeah. a beer out of the fridge. Right? Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, so I think it's more of a, it's it's a necessary part of a broadcast. You know, we're not going to sit here and tell you that oh, the best golf broadcast is one with zero commercials. Like right. that's just not reasonable. Um, so I think that the best solution is just you know timing like for me Mm -hmm. a commercial is going to bother me if it comes in when i am like getting excited about how someone's playing if someone's just starting to get hot 
and then I'm cut to commercial. I'm like, right. come on, like I just lost the rhythm of this round. You know, you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, what, and we when you talk about timing, how often does it happen where, um, you know, you know, so and so has an important putt on 18, and then they go to a commercial, and you're like, wait a second, what's going to happen with the putt? So that's a reflection of timing, like when they're yeah. sort of um, delaying something that you're expecting to see. Uh, I would also say that a good golf broadcast in general is is largely at the mercy of the drama of the tournament because yeah. when you have um, you know a middling tour pro leading by six um, <laughs> with two holes to play, that can be a challenging broadcast. And sometimes I feel like the way to deal with that is you got to f- really dig out those other storylines because there always is two or three great you know subplots going on if it's a uh you know web.com player who monday qualified and you know now has a chance to make a top 10 to play the next week those are great stories people root for those things because they suddenly have great um context for why this matters but when it's you know when it's a runaway that that's certainly a challenge yeah i definitely agree it's not it's not a job that i'm i'm envious of like could you imagine trying to trying to pull a broadcast together no i mean we've done stories about just how intricate it is i mean it is it it has to be the hardest sport to broadcast by far just you know because the the playing field is you know seven thousand yards long and there's 156 different people playing at different times so um but it's very easy to sit back and criticize them, so we'll do that anyway. Yeah. So, uh, Okay, great. Let's go to our next caller, hopefully from the continental United States. Hello. I'm a, a golfer that lives in a city, and um, just wondering if there's any tips from Golf Digest as to the best way um, during the wintertime to um, improve my game. Thanks. Bye. I, I like this question because we are in the city right now, right. The, the beautiful city of New York, and it is – brutal to be a golfer here sometimes yeah. he did say i'm a golfer in a city which could not be more vague <laughs> um i guess he could have said I'm a, I'm a golfer on the planet earth um but yeah it's a very worthwhile question and i i'm fortunate that i've never had to deal with this because i've always lived somewhere near a golf course but we have a bunch of colleagues who live in the city and they make it work they have i mean especially in new york there's driving ranges um and obviously they're just being much more uh, strategic about where they're going i would say and this is purely a theory, but I think it's actually there's some merit to it, which is that people who live in cities are much more focused about their rounds of golf because they, you know, they, there's not just, they're not just there for them to step outside their um, back door and play. They have to actually give some thought and time and energy. And so there's much more um, purpose to their rounds of golf. That's a really positive spin on it, at least. It is. But then you have the whole, you have the issue of it being the winter so there's, there's no all the planning in the world, isn't gonna get you. Well, I mean that's on a golf course. He didn't say I'm a golfer in the north. That's like a more of a no. Sort he of a asked. Thing. He asked what to do in the winter. Oh, he did. Sorry. I think right. Did he? Did he? <laughs> we'll go back and do it one more time. <laughs> Play it. Hello, I'm a, a golfer that lives in a city, and um, just wondering if there's any tips from Golf Digest as to. The best way um, during the winter time did. to um, okay. improve my game. Thanks. Bye. Okay, so that's it's kind of two different two different issues. How to get how do we get um, how to keep your game sharp while living presumably not close to 
a golf course, but also the winter. So we've actually written a lot about the second part, which is playing golf in the winter a lot, which is um, now there's simulators. Obviously, there's driving ranges, which are pretty much year-round. There's tons of kind of chipping exercises or things you can do to uh, work on strokes. There's this whole hand caney uh, theory, which is that the best practice a golfer can do is take 100 swings a day just to repeat the the muscle memory and, and yeah. really f- kind of strengthen your golf muscles as well. And I think I think that's definitely an underrated um, instruction element. Um, I think that people only think that they're improving their games when they're actually making contact mm-hmm. with a golf ball. And just making a few swings every day, I mean, 100 would be ideal, but a few swings every day just in your living room or something, it makes a really big difference for when you are able to get outside in the spring and play. That first swing doesn't feel as terrible as it would otherwise. Okay, so those are some good tips. And as far as the living in a city part, I would say – Tea time services are important, so finding a good tea time. Friends who live in the suburbs is good, so make new friends. Yeah, be nice to people, make Um, friends. And um, I would recommend traveling when you can. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so good. I think there's a big fitness element to it, too, though, for the winter. Like, you should be using the winter to get fit, Yeah. even though you can't get on the course that much. Well, and that actually raises a really good point as well, which is that the, the thing I love, and actually this is a, pr- a perfectly timed question because as soon as Pebble Beach comes on TV, I'm so much more excited about playing Definitely. golf again. And so there's something to be said for having a little bit of time away from the game, which increases your appreciation for it because now I'm jonesing mm-hmm. to play. And my I have a greater appreciation for golf now than if I had kept playing straight through since September. So uh, I feel like distance makes the heart grow fonder. So there's something to be said for that too. Wise words. Thank you. I'm here for you. All right, next one. We have got, let's see. Hey, this is Chris. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, I got a question. I seem to play better after I've had a few beers. Uh, are there any studies that actually show that that helps, or do I just really like beer? Thanks, guys. First of all, is he really a long-time listener, the way he says it? I know. I love I love that he said he's been listening to us for how long has it been? A couple months now. Um, but thank you to our, our dedicated long-time listeners. Um, I like this because we did actually do an in-depth study on this. Remember a couple summers ago, we had three of our editors drink and hit balls mm-hmm. while on, on a track man so we could – judge how far they were actually hitting it and how their swing speed was affected and everything. And there was there was a moment of improvement right. for everyone. Right. And then there's diminishing returns. And then it, then it got ugly. Right. So the, th- the theory, of course, is that um, you're a little looser, you're less inhibited, you are getting out of your own way a little bit when you have a few drinks and you... Yeah, it's more it's more of a mental thing right then I mean it does physically make you looser but that's not always a good thing for your golf swing right because if you're suddenly getting a little longer then your timing's going to be right. off but I think the the benefits that you're feeling Chris are more mental because now you're more likely to take risks and you're feeling more sure. confident so you're going to hit shots that you wouldn't try to right. otherwise well also I mean I have a tendency when I play is um I am contemplating the seven or eight things that could go wrong standing over the <laughs> that ball. That sounds healthy. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's hence, <laughs> hence my inflated handicap. But um, 
And so when alcohol occasionally plays uh, a role in the round, um, those seven or eight things maybe become two or three things. Uh, and then after a few drinks, maybe it's zero things. But then, of course, all kinds of new complications arise as well. So uh, I've definitely experienced both sides of it. I've actually had this also thing where um, I'm playing well, and I a buddy says, "Hey, do you want a drink?" We go get drinks with like three holes to play, and I and it's not like it's a lot of alcohol, but I just lose complete focus. Like yeah. I, when I'm, you know, where I have just a it's a nice rhythm going, and I'm I'm focused but not overly tense. And all that focus dissipates, and uh, I'm agree. useless. I I never drink if I'm like playing well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's only when things like maybe right. aren't going very well, or I decide from the beginning of the round that this is going to be an alcohol round. Right. The other thing, by the way, very similar theory I have is that I never check my phone when I'm playing well. So if I have oh. any decent golf going, I'm curious about your thoughts on this. If I have any decent round of golf going. Checking my phone at that point is only going to distract me or um, stress me out in some way or another, and so I won't. So as soon as I make a double bogey or my round sort of unravels, then I'm free to check my phone because I have nowhere left to go. This explains a lot of unanswered emails over exactly. over the years. Well, that's here. not true because I don't play well that often, <laughs> so that's why I'm very responsive on the golf course. More importantly, no, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I think that cell phones are generally detrimental to good play it's it's a distraction you know anything that's going to take your mind off of the task at hand is anything that like interrupts the flow I think I think like when anyone who's like hit the like that sweet spot of playing really well it's just such a nice rhythm Mm -hmm. and as soon as you start picking up your phone and that interrupts that rhythm the same way that a couple drinks could right and like we previously established i'm so fragile as it is <laughs> mentally on the golf course so it, it, it takes one, one sort of vaguely worded email from my wife to start stressing me out so uh i can't deal with anything like that so okay so um that's pretty good we covered three different calls uh from three um very uh devoted golf digest podcast listeners and we're going to continue to do this uh, each week, or at least try to do it each week. We might not always do it. But, uh, again, the number to call is 212-286-1812. Um, and leave a voicemail message, and we will play our uh, callers, or some of our callers at least, on the air and respond to your questions. So thank you for joining. The next part of the show is... Ashley Mayo is talking to um, two-time Masters champion and defending Genesis Open champion Bubba Watson from L.A. So we're going to go to Ashley's conversation with Bubba Watson now. All right. So, Bubba, thanks for joining us here at the Genesis Open. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, You're defending your title this week. How is defending a title, how does it make this week different than any other week? It makes me very nervous. (laughs) <laughs> uh, thanks JB <laughs> um, no it's uh it's a it's a privilege and an honor you know anytime you had a defending champ that means you've you've lifted a trophy you've um played well you've had success on that golf course um and so you're looking forward to getting back and trying to challenge yourself again not just against the people but against the, the golf course and trying to recreate those moments and those excitements and those birdies um and, and trying to lift another trophy and does the course 
look similar this week than it did last year? Yeah, it's always this this golf course is always in, in perfect shape. Um, the only thing I've noticed is it looks like they cut out some more trees for viewing for where like where we're standing now. Yeah. You can see number one pretty easily. Uh, so it, it doesn't it doesn't affect the golf course. It just affects the overall beauty walking around the clubhouse. But um, no, I mean you know the only thing that's scary is when the when the forecast shows rain, kind of like it does this week. But um, you know it's it's a beautiful golf course. They always have it in perfect shape. Not there's not very uh, there's not much play here, I guess you'd say, because there's not that many members. But um, So it's always in perfect shape, and it's always ready for the tournament. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Uh, you're kind of known for pulling off crazy shots. Straight is so boring. <laughs> right, for sure. Uh, does this golf course kind of demand crazy shots? And if so, what kind of shot shape? You know, it, it really demands good iron play. But sometimes good iron play means you got to shape it a certain way to fit it in to a whole location or, or to the center of the green. Um, because you want to take away the trouble, so you might want to shape it around the trouble a little bit. If that means a canyon, if that means a bunker, if that means um, a bunker in the middle of the uh, green. Right. Um, so yeah, you're always you're always trying to figure out a way to make par, and if a birdie happens, then um, you'll take that as well. Yeah. So we we hung out with Massimo and the G4 crew last night. Yep. Uh, Massimo and Amanda were telling me last night about uh, your love of high tops. Yeah. And you've, you've had a, this love of high tops for a long, long time. Um, you have a, quite a collection. How many do you own? <laughs> I don't know. You don't know? Um, <laughs> I own, I own. if you know anything about shoes, so I own, I think, 15 pair. I counted them the other day. Yeah. Uh, we own 15 pair of Gucci's high tops. Oh. And, um, and we own... Um, Balenciagos, how do you say it? I don't even know how to say it. Balenciaga, yeah, whatever that is. Um, <laughs> Balenciaga, whatever. Um, we own seven pair of those yeah. um, high tops because yeah. I just love the uh, cool designs, the cool shapes, and those have clear bottoms, are, are kind of clear bottoms, so it's uh, it's pretty neat. So how, when did your love of fashion kick in? It's always been there. I loved, I've always loved tennis shoes. I've always loved shoes. Um, yeah. Shoes are... Um, another form of cheaper form of car I guess you'd yes. say you know shoes get you somewhere and cars get you somewhere so you know I had to um, I had to uh, just go with shoes at first and then I could buy cars as I got a real job yeah yeah I mean you have hot pink drivers you have the stance socks you have the g4 crazy cool accessories right um, do you think and uh, don't forget the velvet golf ball that's colorful Hello. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, a nice watch too yeah I mean <laughs> I got a new one. This one's a new play toy. It's nice. That is awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like having all these things uh, helps your golf game at all, or does it make? Oh, for sure, golf? it helps me a lot. Yeah. Helps me tell time. I never miss the tee time. It helps me find my ball <laughs> in the rough. Um, my high tops. I never get my socks wet. I never get my stance socks wet. Yeah. And then, I mean, you always got to. Um, Company man right there. Exactly. You always got to. Um, you got to feel good. So yeah. when you show up on the range. You know, I'm going to feel good no matter what because I look good. And um, I might play bad, but I'm still going to look good at the end of the day. Do the other players ever needle you? Or, you know, say, nah. what, what are you doing now with that big ball? <laughs> no, no. They all, no. they all, I, I can't say any names, but there's people that have tested it. Yeah. They've hit it because they want to see what, why I'm doing it. And, and so, you know, yeah. that's the best way I can say it. Okay. All right. <laughs> more to come, more to come. <laughs> Um, it seems like you love social media. You were kind of one of the first players to really adapt to it, and you continue to use it um, to engage with your fans. But I'm sure, like anyone else who has a large following, you get your fair share of 
hate or you know. No, not me. All <laughs> my all all the people on my social media are awesome. They're great. And I love them all. Yeah. Okay. Except I, the ones I block. Yeah. Wait, what? How do you deal with the hate? Like as as someone who gets it myself and golf digest gets it, you know, and how how do you personally deal with that? Um, you know, you you can't you can't read too much into it because is it truly hate or is it more of um or is it more of um jealousy but you can't look at that you have to just live your life if you know you're living your life the way you want to and the key for me is if mama's happy and my real mom and then mama as my wife is happy then we're all good if my mom is sending me texts that are nice that means she's happy with everything i'm doing and if my wife is sending me nice texts she's happy with everything i'm doing and that means my kids are going to be happy that means i'm doing right for my kids they can see what dad's doing and he's doing the right things um as we've learned over the years sometimes media can can run with stories that aren't true or or maybe not completely true and so you know people are going to react to that they're going to react to headlines um you know the olympics was the biggest experience of my life last year there was no bugs and they talked about how all the bugs were there and all this stuff so you know, that's just one example, but I mean, so, you know, people are going to write stories or, or write a quick 140 character message to you uh-huh. that might not be true or they might not have the whole story. And so it's not about they're trying to be mean or anything. They just, they're going off of what they read and if true or not, you know, so you can't read into it. You just got to be happy with what you're doing and what's going on with your own personal life. So you care only about the people you care about? No, I care about everybody. No, I <laughs> care, you, what, I care okay. about everybody. Yeah. I, I don't have hate towards any person in the world. That really comes across. Um, I really don't. Now, if I have a, if I'm in motion, you know, like I've got stuff to do, you know, before my round, I've got to warm up, I've got to go stretch, I got to eat food, I got to prepare. I, sometimes it might seem like I don't have time for them. It's because it's my job. I'm trying to get ready, sure. trying to get ready for my own game. And um, so, we all got to buy diapers, you know. So I got to get better at the game. But um, no, I, I don't have any hate towards anybody. It's just sometimes, you know. We all walk, wake up on the wrong side of the bed, and Webb Simpson does that a lot because he is miserable. <laughs> He's walking right Hey, Webb, hey miss Webb. you. <laughs> so I'm going to now ask you five quick questions. Perfect. And you have to give me a one-word answer. Perfect. Can they all be, can it just be made-up stuff? They can be, whatever you like. Whatever, whatever you like. pops in the old noggin. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, most fun celebrity you've ever played golf with? Oh, man, most fun. Yes, just a blast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Okay. Uh, your sense of style in one word. Pure. Pure. I like it. <laughs> well, I can only do one. Yeah. No, I like it. Best course you've ever played. Like your favorite. Gosh, best course I've ever played. I'd have to say Old White at Greenbrier. Oh yeah. Yeah, the history of that's a hundred years old. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful layout, and I and then obviously, you feel bad because it got flooded last year, but. Oh yeah. yeah. You were a huge part of there. Yeah, it was it was, was it was it was it was. Uh, fun's not the right word, but it, no. this is a lot more than one. This is a lot more than. Yes. Than one and word. We're up but, to like a hundred words right but, now. But but it was it wasn't. I I, I love giving back. Yes. So it was fun giving back and trying to help a city, a small town, whatever you want to call it, that I'm a that I have a residence at. Yeah. Yeah. Fun's uh, not the right word. Rewarding. Right. Yeah. Rewarding. I guess. Yeah. 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 Right. Let's do that. Uh, the course that you haven't played, a course you haven't played that you're dying to play. 
Well, there's no course I'm dying to play. Hopefully, um, it's a I don't want to. I don't want to play that course ever. Um, gosh, where would be a good place that I've never played? I mean, can I just make stuff up? Um, yeah, of okay. course, maybe that's gotten a lot of buzz lately. Um, gosh, you know what? I would like to play, um, uh, is it, is it, it, I would like to play, what is it, Blue Jack? Yes. So, something like that in Texas, where I think Tiger just did it. Yeah, um, it's Augusta-like, might suit your game. <laughs> well, let's don't get carried away. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say I would want to play it, because I've heard great things. I've heard great things about it. Uh, okay. Patrick Reed's told me great things about it. Okay. Have you played Blue Jack is my favorite. I can't wait to play that place. <laughs> As Mark Steinberg walks by. <laughs> <laughs> um, describe golf in one word. Crazy. 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 I think a lot of people would think. Okay, before I let you go, I want to know, we want to know, the people want to know one thing about Ricky Fowler that most people don't know and that they need to know. Gosh, one thing about Ricky Fowler. He, I, every, you know what, it's, it's not that anybody doesn't know, because if you've watched Ricky Fowler, um, he's, such a, he's such a carer. He's such a kind-hearted soul. Um, it's weird to say that about a young kid. Um, he's getting older, but yeah. he's still 10 years younger than me. But um, the, 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 the kind-heartedness that he truly has, um, it might not come out sometimes in social media or during interviews, but man, he, he's just a lover of all people. Um, you know, I've had the, the honor of and privilege of being a friend of his, but, but sitting down with him away from everybody, just me and him face to face and being able to talk to him and shed some tears and, and laughs and, and hugs. Uh, pretty amazing guy. All right, you, you took the high road there, Bubba, the very high road. I right. thought you were going to shed some dirt on it. No, it's, you know what, none. it's sometimes, I, I think, I know. <laughs> but you know, I think sometimes, this is bonus coverage here, yes. I think sometimes that media doesn't, we can't show the the true person because we're focused on his golf. Right. Like if Ricky Fowler never made another cut, who cares, truthfully, yeah. right? It, it, that, that guy is so solid, he's going to be great at whatever he wanted to do. Um, and I think sometimes we miss that. We miss that. And that's why we did Golf Boys with Ben Crane. So we did um, with Hunter Mayhem to show we, we actually enjoy doing things. Now, we look sad on a golf course because we're so focused, so committed to what we're doing um, that we don't have time to actually see who the person is deep down. And if Bubba Watson three-putting, Ricky Fowler three-putting, that's not who we are. Hopefully we're not judged on our three-putts and we're terrible putters. We're judged on who we are off the course. And so that's all I just want to say about Ricky is that he's absolutely amazing. Even though I'm older than him, I learn a lot from him. That's cool. Very cool. Yeah, well, sure. on that note, thank you so much, Bubba, and good luck this week at the Genesis Open. Yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for letting me be this. Thank you to Bubba Watson for joining us on this week's Golf Digest podcast, and thank you to our first callers to the Golf Digest podcast who uh, helped provide an interactive element to this week's show. Um, the number to call for people who want to call in next week is 212-286-1812. Ask your questions or leave a comment, and we will take the conversation from there, but we'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the Golf Digest podcast, and uh, by all means, also leave a rating. And check back next week to see who our guests are.